We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Moose and Roots podcast. Matt Rooney joined by Joe Musso. Matt, uh, we got some topics to hit today. It's going to be a little bit of a tighter one here on the Moose and Roots pod, but uh, it's our last abridged version before we take our deep dive into Next the football week? season. Next week, we got Next college preview, college, college preview pod, pro, right? NFL preview pod, uh, which uh, will drop either Tuesday or Wednesday of that following week. I believe it will have to because the Bears, Bears begin on Thursday. Um, this is us just doing podcast planning on the fly here on air. You guys get to see the process here behind We're giving the giving you a special podcast. behind the scenes look. It's nice That's behind right, the but, uh, behind the microphone. It's yeah, behind the mic. Just really, really pulling back the veil here on a on a top notch. Uh, production that that we got you know, going any, here. The, anything for our fans at Moose and Rune Studios. But Matt, uh, some things some things to touch upon today. We're going to talk a little bears, do a little buy or sell. But first, how are you? How's Matt Rooney doing? You know, I'm doing all right. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit of a long weekend of working, but I'm I'm, I'm doing fine. I had a nice little weekend. I'm back to work last night. How about how about yourself? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. Um, long weekend of work myself, but. Uh, sitting here on the couch on uh what is i guess technically my saturday um life is good family and friends are healthy and happy just uh, just not not a complaint in the world not i'm not uh not holding out here like zeke but um yeah i got i got i got nothing to worry about i would hope not i'd take that Uh, check though if i was him um we are gonna speaking of guys getting checks on the cowboys jalen smith good for him yeah jalen his career might be might be dead after that notre dame uh that awful knee injury in the Fiesta Bowl, but look at him. He's yeah. back. He's getting a big extension, getting a whole lot of guaranteed money. I believe, what was it, 65, 64 million, something in that? Five years, five, 65, five years, 65. Yeah. guaranteed. Good for him. Yeah, so good on Jalen, a great guy by all uh, estimations. And it, that's really one of the injuries that uh, guys look back at and point at when they're holding out on bowl mm-hmm. games um, because he was supposed he to be – be, he was a top five talent, top ten oh, yeah, talent, no was, doubt. He was going to be a top five um, pick for sure. Um, probably yeah. cost him Probably cost him somewhere in the $25 million range on the front end in terms of mm-hmm. signing bonus money. But uh, great to see that his talent has come through, that his rehabilitation has gone clean, and that uh, the last couple of years have been really productive years on field as well. Yeah, he's been kind of made a little bit of a – he was really more of an edge rusher outside guy at Notre Dame, kind of did it all, but that's more what he did there. And now he's making his name as, a, as an inside linebacker with the Cowboys. But uh, what do you say we talk some Bears? Uh, yeah, some, look, some interesting news today, right? You saw what I'm talking about with Charles Leno's contract. Charles Leno's contract gets restructured, saving the Bears. I believe what seven somewhere in the seven million dollar range, yeah, five million dollar range. I, I want to say I it was used, around five, it like four point nine, something like that. I can, you know, this is this is what we do. We pull up tweets while we're talking to each other. Uh, five point five. So yeah, that's going to save him five point five million dollars. That's not nothing. They took his seven point nine million dollar contract uh, for this year, paid seven million of it in signing bonus money. So he's gonna his game checks are gonna be a lot smaller, but he just uh, he just uh, broke the bank uh, in a one day span here. So good on Charles Leno. But as you said, the Bears creating uh, a substantial amount of cap space here. What Matt do you believe that they do with it? Uh, is this I, is this an opening to figure out the kick 
kicker situation because that's, that's I, more I than enough money is. for a top-level kicker. I don't know where you're going to trade for a top-level kicker at this point, Honestly. but the name that's still on the free agent market is Matt Bryant, who, yeah. you know, with Atlanta has, has been a pretty solid kicker for the for the most of his career. He's not there anymore. He hit 95% of them last year. I'm looking at 87.2 two years ago, um, 91 three years ago, and he's, I think, missed one extra point in the last three years. So that's mm-hmm. also something that Bears kickers haven't been great at since Robbie departed. And if that's where they want to go with a one-year deal here is going, I, I know he's, I think, 44 years old now, but that really doesn't matter if he's, you know, making kicks. Um, if that's the route they want to go, sure. The other one that I can maybe see, but I'm not really sure who's out there, is a tight end because Trey Burton is, is very talented, but he wasn't the most reliable last year, especially when the playoffs mm. came around. Adam Shaheen, we've seen, we've seen flashes of the talent, but again, can't stay on the field. Um, after that, there's really not much there. So uh, that might be another area, but again, I'm not really sure who else is on the open market there for them to go out and and add another tight end worth five and a half million. We're getting to that point in the season where if your advanced scouting guys really, really are on it, you can steal some guys, uh, the 54th man on a roster elsewhere, Mm -hmm. um, where let's say there is a talented tight end who would have been second string or a backup and the team's only carrying one if they're wide receiver heavy. Most teams do carry two, but um, I don't know. You can sometimes at this point of the season, just right around cuts, get a lot of value um, for talented guys that you make other teams say, we had him, that was our guy. So I guess that's mm-hmm. the that's the ideal situation there. But in terms of the kicking situation, if, the is, if this is a, uh, a remedy for that problem, then uh, – uh, I guess great job by the Bears front office in uh, allowing themselves this space. I don't know why it wasn't done earlier or why this topic wasn't broached earlier, but if it does happen this way, and let's say hypothetically speaking, Matt Bryant does come to the team and he does hit a big field goal in the January, February range, then um, we're all getting Charles Leno jerseys. How about that? Uh, you know, I think you know, maybe one Charles Leno jersey, one Matt Bryant jersey, because I think he'd still deserve a little bit of credit for that. But it's only um, fair. It's this another reason this kind of seems like kicker a kicker fueled type move is because they just did the whole releasing of Elliot Fry, mm-hmm. and it, they they really just kind of narrowed that down, but also said that you know they said that the job's said, not his, yeah, he, that's I mean, not Pinero's. he said he beat out Fry, he hasn't won the job. <laughs> so I mean, and Pinero oh, even you know, acknowledged that he said, yeah, it's nice to still be here, but I've still got some work to do. Yeah. Uh, he he still got the leg, but uh, I. I'll be interested to see. I would expect something to happen fairly soon because you don't clear up that money without, you know, having a distinct plan for it in place. You don't, place. You don't just clear up money for the sake of clearing it up. If you're not going to use it. I would, I would have to. And you want to see, and you want to see whoever insert player a is, you want to see him kick in the preseason as well. If yeah. you are keeping it. Uh, unless it's a guy like Matt Bryant. who's you know, Yeah. Then it's his job. Really then it's, yeah. Um, but uh, I just, I don't know. I'm getting to a point now where, with the kicking situation where I feel bad for whoever is the kicker, whoever's coming in, because there is, even if it's an unspoken pressure, even if it's Matt Bryant who comes in, there's such a huge pressure surrounding this gig right now because of what happened last year, because of what hasn't happened in the interim, and because of the expectation of this season. This might be the biggest pressure cooker for any kicker pressure cooker for any kicker that was good this might be the this might be the biggest pressure cooker for any kicker across the entire league and that's why i think maybe you're looking towards a veteran veteran, like a guy like matt bryant who 
has he kicked in a dome most of his career with Atlanta, but he's been in high pressure situations. He's kind of used to that. He's not a guy who's going to really fold under the pressure because he's been given chances like that throughout his career, had big kicks, made big kicks. Um, so that's going to be honest with you. That's where I'm hoping they're going with this. I'm not totally yeah. sure they, they are going that way, but, but we'll see. I'm, I know there's a few – I know Kari Vedvik was the big name that they ended up missing out on. I forget there's a guy in the Panthers that's been drilling like 50 yarders all preseason that they've been said to be looking to trade for. But then again, those aren't guys you really need to clear up $5.5 million. So I think I'd rather go with the proven commodity even if it's just for one year. But we'll see where they decide to go with that. What about Carly Lloyd? Bring Carly she's Lloyd drilling 55 yarders, man. Like, she's worth a shot. And you saw those – I mean, those, those posts were like – Five yards apart. Those weren't your regular field goal posts. Those were the practice. Oh no, field she posts. she drilled that thing. Um, to she, be fair, honestly, here, I think she's got a better leg than Elliot Fry. To be fair to all professional kickers, she did take about eight steps upon, upon approaching that ball. Sorry. But that's what that's, okay. that's that's those. She took her normal soccer steps. I'm yeah. not going to knock her on that. Fifty five yards is fifty five yards. Um, we just have to do some timing it up there. She'd have to start her steps before the snap happened, which uh, is never a good situation. No, that's that's not what you're looking for. You really <laughs> need that snap to be good then. But a cool video, no doubt. Also, uh, imagine Carly right. running the old fake field goal where the uh, you oh, know, let's little, go, little flip to the kicker end around there, oh. making a shoestring tackle on kickoff. Come on now, God, think, think we think we might be onto something. But uh, Matt, I also wanted to bring something up Bears wise here to you. Really? Just some discrepancies in ratings, I guess you could say. Um, Pro Football Focus is ranking Mitch Trubisky as the 26th best quarterback entering 2019, but still the Bears are tied for the best odds to reach the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Is there that much of a vote of confidence in those numbers for the defense? Is that what I that is? Think, I, I think it is, but are I there, also don't think there really should be because as talented as they are, I mean, I, and this is me saying I think the defense is going to be bad this year. I think the defense is going to be great. And again, a top five, top three, maybe best unit in the league. But they took the ball away so many times last year. You'd think there's at least going to be a minor regression coming. Um, and, and that's why – I hope not. I, I'm not saying a huge regression where you see him fall off the cliff, but you, you you'd see with their injury luck last year. I mean, they lost. I say, my worry, 15, my worry is predominantly two weeks, but that was it. Yeah, my my worry is predominantly injury based because um, we did not see the attrition that most teams see next year or last year, excuse me. And this year, I think our depth will be tested way more than it was last year. Yeah, I, I'm by numbers. People are, all, are are calling for, you know, regression and things that's going to happen. But, like, you also think that other guys are probably going to take steps this year, too. Like, Eddie Jackson that's might true. not have as many turnover, might not have, have as many takeaways. But I also think Roquan Smith might turn into a superstar this year. So, I, I think there's going to be a yeah. little bit of a give and take. I think Bilal Nichols, we saw flashes from last year, probably takes another step forward this year. So, I I think a lot of the – where I know I was saying you, you think there might not be as many turnovers, but you might start seeing more sacks because I think Chuck Pagano is going to send some more pressure and, and try and dial up a few more blitzes than Vic Fangio did. Um, but it'll be – as far as the Mitch rankings, I mean, I'm also kind of just numb to these by now. Um, the, the I was kind of skimming and, and listening to, you know, people were talking about on the radio. That's all people could talk about out, out here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying – Pro Football Focus's explanation was essentially like punishing Mitch for having good play calling. They're saying the play calling makes him a better quarterback than he is because that makes sense. Okay, well then, um, what, sure, was, okay. what was Tom Brady's uh, Pro Football Focus rating? What was, um, uh, I mean, think of think of some of the schemes, think of some of the systems 
Th- um, th- systems, they, systems quarterback shouldn't be knocked because of good systems. They're not. Um, they're not what about, what about Pat Mahomes? They have. What about exactly, Pat Mahomes? They, he's they in. A, Tyler, he's in one of the most progressive systems in the last in the history of football. I think that helps him out a little bit. They have your boy Kyler ranked six spots ahead of Mitch when he's literally the definition. Like he has one system in the NFL he can work in. There's one. That's and, it. He's got to be and, in a spread offense, getting outside the pocket. That's all he can do in the NFL. Which might work I, out. But that's all I watched, he has. Go ahead. I was going to say, and I, watched, and I watched Kyler Murray fall to the ground in the end zone uh, against the San Francisco 49ers just a few days ago. So um, we're going to we're gonna see just how just, just how NFL ready he is. He might have all the tools. Um, we're not going to go into a big Kyler yeah, Murray it, diatribe it, it's, here. It's but, the preseason, um, so don't, to, you know, we can't overreact to everything. No, but, but so far he to rate him to rate him above someone who's already had success at the NFL level, I think. Um, immediately discredits whatever list that was. So, And also, I don't know, like, every one of these lists I see, the, the one thing that I'm not numb to that gets me mad every time is everywhere, Jameis Winston seems to be ranked ahead of Mitch Trubisky. Every single <laughs> list that's put out, Jameis is like five spots ahead of him, and, and it really bothers me because that guy isn't good. They First off, they played last year, and Mitch threw six touchdowns against Jameis Winston, so that was something. Um, Jameis Winston turns the ball over like three times a game. He's not very good. He lost his starting quarterback job last year to Ryan Fitzpatrick for like five weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's all. No, That's really the only problem I have with that list. Other than that, I mean, people are going to disrespect Mitch <laughs> until he shows it. Those are the only two massive problems we have with your list. But other than that, like, you're good. Other than that, you're fine, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's going to be an exciting season. We're, what, 10? I don't do math well. We're... Uh, Two weeks 13, Thursday, right? 13 days, yeah, 13 days, so 14 15, days away, 15, 15, 15 days away. There's seven days, days in a week, so two weeks is 14. We're getting there. We're one We're day getting... before Thursday, so 14 plus one, that's 15. The irony, of it, the irony of it all is that during the football season, my Sunday is Thursday. So I'm going to have full Sunday vibes going for opening weekend. That's going to be very confusing. Yeah. For yeah. me, at least, but, personally. But so is life, so. That's, um, that's true. Uh, Matt, kind of springing one yawn here a little bit, but uh, did you catch UFC 241 over the weekend? Yeah, I pretty much followed along with it on Twitter. I was at uh, worked a cool 14 hours on Saturday from 10 a.m. to oh, midnight, lovely. so that was a great day. We did not have it up on in the office. I, I was kind of following, so I saw you know the Nate Diaz fight jumped out. It seemed like everybody loved that one. He had some electric comments afterwards, and then the the Cormier, <laughs> Cormier Stipe uh, fight yeah. seemed to seemed to get people going too. For for those of the, the uninitiated, and I don't claim ever to be a huge MMA fan, but uh, I always, when there's a big fight, a big name, I do like to get involved and watch it and, you know, offer a little commentary on Twitter, as one does. But uh, Stipe Cormier, essentially, for those who don't watch MMA, is Holyfield, like, Lennox I mean, Lewis. pick your, yeah, pick your heavyweight matchup. It's the new heavyweight matchup might be the end of Cormier's career with him being 40 years old. Stipe kind of solidifies himself as the greatest heavyweight of all, all time in just a Rocky Balboa-esque turn of events in that fight. He was getting his face beat in the entire fight by Cormier. And then in the in the fourth, third? I think it was the fourth he won. Third, fourth, yeah. In the fourth, he, I mean, end of the third, into the fourth, he, he turns the tide and, you know, starts going with body shots and then, like, the music cued, the Rocky music, and he completely just flipped Love the momentum. Movie. And it was unbelievable. I mean, like you said, the fight before that, Diaz versus Pettis was an amazing fight. Diaz 
just essentially manhandled him, a unanimous decision. Pettis, Weather, and a couple stars just, just to stay on his feet. But the war was the fight prior to those two. And it was um, Paulo Acosta and uh, Yoel Romero. And those are a little bit more of... Well, those are, I was going to say, those are a little bit more of like, you know them if you're a Joe Rogan podcast fan because both have been on there or like you're a fringe or you're like really into MMA. And I fall into the former of those two things, but these are two action figures. They were literally, it looked like a live action rendering. They were, there's like 1700 abs between these two guys and they just traded blows for three rounds, went to a decision, a questionable decision. I mean, it could have gone either way, but an absolute, if you like watching guys stand there and trade, it was an amazing fight. So an amazing card this weekend. And I really think that, I I don't know if it's just me because again, I don't consider myself a crazy MMA fan, but like this card makes me interested in the forthcoming cards. Like this, I think was a, a big moment in, if you're into fight sports and casually into MMA, I think this is a big moment in, in, it's taking it into the mainstream almost. Yeah, developing it sounds like developing a couple new bigger names that the UFC's kind of desperately needed for a while now, especially since Conor McGregor and also with the return of Nate Diaz. We hadn't fought in three years, right? Correct. So that kind of gives um, them another big name, big money draw that they've been kind of desperately looking for really outside. And, the, and Nate the Diaz, game. I don't know if we're skewed again because I'm in Northern California, Nate Diaz being a Stockton guy. A lot of great fighters come out of Stockton. It's about an hour south of, uh, of Sacramento golfed in Stockton on Monday. Um, nice. just a total side shoot? note there. The reserve at Spanos park, uh, shot an 86 finished double, finished double, double, double. So there was a, that is bad. I was, bad. I was yeah. looking at, uh, I, I looked at down at the card with three holes to play. I said, if I par in, it's an even 80. If I play these last three, one under it's the 79 and went double, double, double. I was going to say, you're it. looking at what should be at worst 81, 82. Yep. And yep. Yeah. So don't really want to talk it's, about it. Um, Trey, you we, got a triple double. We've uh, we've triple did, double. Triple double. There you go. We've uh, we've detracted a little bit from the point, but uh, always do. Nate Diaz has been that star in Northern California. Everyone's been wanting to see him fight. I think that the UFC looked at it from the idea of it was Nate versus Connor, and all of that star power was because of Connor. And yes, the majority of it was, and it, it made people aware of Nate. But I think it also made people fans of Nate because, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you get a, uh, an athlete as polarizing as Conor McGregor, some people are just rooting for the other guy. Mm-hmm. And if you're rooting for the other guy and he, he has these awesome fights, one win, one loss, but two fantastic performances against Conor, you're going to build a fan base there. So I think that there's a built-in fan base with Nate Diaz. And then everyone, the kind of fight that was made after the fight when Diaz called him out, um, quite respectfully, I might add, but... Uh, he called out Jorge Masvidal, which you don't have to be an MMA fan to be, oh, he's the guy who need the dude in the head two seconds into the fight. Like, so both of these guys have a draw and this is now the next big main fight. So, and I think very similar fighters, again, a lot of momentum for the MMA right now for UFC. I always have a soft spot in my heart for Nate Diaz because that was one of the first bets I ever placed was his money line against Conor McGregor oh, in that original fight. And it was like going off a plus 400. Let's say that so I, like, nice. I won like a hundred bucks. <laughs> it was great. That was so fun. Um, Matt, we could belabor fight sports all day, but uh, you want to jump into some segments here? I would love to. Should we play some buy or sell? You want to start? You want me to start? Uh, why don't you start us off? All right. Well, let's go with golf because we, we like to fancy ourselves a golf pod. Tiger isn't playing this weekend, which is which is very sad. The tour championship at Eastlake, he charged, didn't make it. 
Um, but I want to ask you about the format, which is brand new this year, right? They have these staggered starts for a bit, you know, based on your FedEx Cup ranking, right? <coughs> so Justin Thomas is going to start the weekend at 10 under, Patrick yep. Cantlay 8, Brooks Kepka 7, Brooks Reed 6, and a, a whole slew of 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and even. Joe, buy or sell the, the new staggered start format here for the, uh, the Tour Championship? If you would have asked me this three weeks ago at the beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs, I would have sold it. But having seen what transpired yesterday, or excuse me, this last this past weekend, and what we're looking forward to next weekend, I couldn't buy it anymore. I think that they got this right. Um, it makes it much easier this coming Sunday to know what the hell's going on. A lot of times, FedEx Cup points were contingent on other players' finishes. Now, mm-hmm. you always had the, I believe it was the top three or four guys that depended year to year. Um, if they were to win the final tournament, they'd win the FedEx Cup outright. And that was about as definitive as it got. There mm-hmm. were also there were always scenarios of if Tiger does this and this person does that, then Brooks could win with a second or third finish as well as a first. And those things, just keeping track of those coming down the stretch on Sunday with $10 million at stake last year was difficult. Now this year, $15 million at stake, it's going to be really easy. The leaderboard is set on Wednesday. You have your two-stroke advantage. And I don't think that it's that it is a, it's the proper advantage for a guy going into it with the lead. It, it, these tournaments all carry so many points that it skews things. But coming into this last tournament, throw the points out the window. Justin Thomas, you're, you get a two-minute start or a two-stroke start on everybody. Yeah. But it's not out of the question because when you look back at, I believe it was 2014, 2015, when, when Rory holed out, and ended up winning the Tour Championship, or the FedEx Cup Championship, and the Tour Championship. He was, I believe, four back coming into the weekend. So, like, these aren't insurmountable uh, leads that are being given to these guys. I think it's equally as surmountable, if not a little bit easier to overcome than the point system in years past. So I think it brings a whole nother level of interest and intrigue into it. It's just us as the fan getting used to something new. I think that's the only hurdle. I like it too, just because, like you said, it just makes things a whole lot simpler. It makes things a whole lot easier to track and kind of know what's going on. You don't have to worry about, oh, this person's in first now, but where does that put them in the FedEx Cup standings? And what if Justin mm-hmm. Thomas, who's leading, finishes sixth? All that stuff. The only thing, I think this is a great start. The, the only tweak, I don't know, I don't really know how they'd factor it or give, you know, number one, you know, certain advantages over number 30, whatever. If they could somehow figure out a way to get the Tour Championship to be a match play type event. I think that would turn. I know you, I knew you weren't going to be a fan of it, but I no. think you, you want to get this playoff type atmosphere. Like this play, this is golf's playoffs. This is their big tournament. You want it to compete with majors and all that stuff and be on the same level. If you have guys going at it one-on-one in match play, I don't know if that's, it's, it's giving the one seed a certain amount of whole advantage. I think that would be a really cool no, thing to watch. A, a cool idea. twist. I, I, I disagree. You can disagree with me too, but I'm, I'm going to give you a reason why it's a terrible idea. Okay, give me give me a reason why it's a terrible idea because I think one on one competition where you'd survive and we're advance. not we're also not talking about golf. The, your solution. Oh, you're talking about golf. It's golf. Your solution. Golf. Your solution is the direct opposite of what the tour was trying to do here. The tour was trying to create intrigue and understanding coming down the stretch on Sunday. What you would do What's is so have with match what you would do is have two thirds of the general casual golf viewing public flip the channel. 
because some oh, people don't under some people don't understand match play. Some people aren't interested in match play and different formats in that sense. And a lot of times, no one wants to watch one match. No, it's not a good tele. It's not a good Why television you product. Match? You're not watching one match. You're bouncing to and from matches. It's a, tournaments and playoffs are what is driven every how, sport. How the, how the would a match play tournament? How would a match event. play tournament work? This, a match I, I, play I, tournament would work by coming down to two players watching one final match. Yeah, a terrible that's a television final. product. That's a final. That's what you. I mean, this that's is. A, I, mean, I know it's not as. Uh, that's what matters. This is the final. The you're, big, you're finding out who wins the fifteen million dollars. Exactly. And going no one wants to watch. No one wants to watch two men play. Cool. No one wants to watch two men play golf for five hours. No, it's not. It's a terrible television product. I disagree. Like I mean, you're, it, you're the not, WGC, they do every year, of, and that's one of the, the WGC. Rated tournaments they have. No, it's not. Look at the rating numbers. The I WGC just completely guessed is, on that. The WGC is one of the lowest rated tournaments. The Austin did terrible numbers this year. Well, like it, it's just. It's not a. It's been an awesome the last four years. It's just not a match play. Is not a good television product unless it's within the construct of a team uh, event, a la the Ryder Cup, Presidents Cup, because there are multiple matches going on. Regardless of what happens in your match, there's going to be other places for the cameras to go. Filling airtime while two schmucks watch walk to their ball is not an easy thing hey, to do. It's hey, it's not, not schmucks. It's not a good TV product. It will never happen. I think the way that they did it this year is the antithesis of what you're suggesting here. I do agree. I also think this is a very good. Way. I'm not saying this is a bad way to do it, by the way. I, I totally, but I think this is much better than the way they've done it in the past because I think it clears up a lot of things and does give people certain advantages. I just personally would like to watch match play, but that's. I just think I'm, I just I, think I, that I understand what you're I saying think that in you're the mistaken. TV product. The, I the think that you're mistaking the. Can, can I just? I, I get it. I know what you think. You're making bad points, so I'm not going to let you continue to make. I, I say no. Okay? I'm saying I know the, what you're saying. You're mistaking the Joe. intrigue. You're mistaking the intrigue of match play to the intrigue of the Ryder Cup. They're com- two completely different things. See, I'm. I, I, I'm. I didn't even think of the Ryder Cup when I was thinking about this. That, that, that's not. That, at all that's the regard that you hold match just, play, and I feel. No, I. I love watching match play. I watch that the the WGC in Austin. Like that, obviously, it's not always in Austin, but that's one of my favorite tournaments of the year to watch because it's guys going back and forth one on one. And you've said that. In the, you've said that in the past. To be fair, but I, yeah. I think you're. I think I'm you're talking on a personal vast, level. I'm not. I saying think what you're other in the like. vast minority here. That's fine. I'm just saying personally. Well, I care we'll get about a, me. We'll get you a replay of the, the WGC Austin yeah, already, match play, and you can watch it on a loop. I already know who won. Actually, I don't remember. Um, but, but. but to answer your question, I buy the new format. I think we I both buy, buy the, new, buy the format. new format, so at least got that going for us. <laughs> All right. That was uh, Matt, planned. Let's see what we got here, Matt. Uh, buy or sell a GQ article. GQ's been kind of a uh, uh, feather ruffler, a, a habitual line stepper. In terms of uh, big names in the NFL as of late, doing um, pieces on them, and the, the most recent being Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a expert excerpt, excuse me, uh, of Baker saying his pre-draft approach. He kind of uh, bothered some of these organizations, uh, two in particular, the San Diego, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers and the uh, New York uh, New York Giants, coming to him with playbooks, saying them that this is the test we we put guys through. He essentially told both of them, uh, you know, I'm not wasting my time in this meeting and walked out of meetings because he knew he'd be picked before 10 or 17. Buyer sell Baker's uh, belief in himself. Obviously, it it did come to fruition, but uh, buyer sell that approach. 
I mean, he, he's really rolling the dice there. I didn't read that part, really. The only parts I yeah. saw were the uh, the Daniel Jones comments that seemed to get kind of blown a little bit out of proportion. But I, I guess I can buy it because it worked for him. Uh, I mean, if he yeah. if he would have got passed on at one, I mean, he wasn't falling to when the Chargers were pick, picking around in the mid to late first round, so he was never going to fall that far. Some team was still going to take a chance on him. He wasn't falling really past 12, I think, was the last. was when the Cardinals took Josh Rosen. He was the last of the four. So, sure, I buy it. It worked out for him, and, and he seemed to be doing just fine. But, I mean, had it not worked out for him, I think he'd be looking back on this now saying, wow, he's, you know, an idiot for saying that. He's, he's a loud mouth, all that. But hindsight's twenty twenty. That's the approach he took. That's what worked out for him. He, he's doing pretty well for himself now. So, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. And, like, Baker has this weird way of – and I know this is kind of revisionist, but Baker has this weird way of – being brash and uh, the loudmouth jerk at the right times. Um, we, we didn't hear this. Uh, we didn't hear this when it happened. I'm sure it would have been a huge deal if it came out in the press that this did happen mm-hmm. during the draft cycle. But the fact that we're getting this information now, <clears throat> excuse me, almost builds into the legend of Baker Mayfield. Um, he seems to, when, it, when it's called for, when when calm is called for and leadership is necessary, he seems to have those attributes as well, which isn't often the case. Sometimes those brash, loudmouth guys, and I'm not saying that in a negative way, those those entertainers per se, your Cam Newtons, your um, who are, who's another guy who who's always got something to say. Um, I, I don't know, but like those types of players who who tend to let their mouth do the talking and then maybe back it up. Baker to me is a back it up guy, and he he also knows when to, you know, defer to his defense and say, hey, this is a team thing. So he's kind of got a cool balance of the brash and the traditional quarterback leadership role. A lot of the stuff he says too when he makes these types of comments like makes sense. Like they're not things you expect to hear from a starting quarterback yeah. from a person because so many responses you hear are just kind of cookie cutter. Same thing for the media, but like like you were saying, his Daniel Jones assessment. I think he's not on. Everyone was saying it, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't really all like, trying to be that critical of Daniel Jones. He's pretty much just saying what was going through his mind at the time, like yeah. which was what was going through every single one of our minds at the time. So. I, 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 I'm with you. He seems to kind of pick and choose his spots of being brash, but when he does, they, I mean, they seem to be points that make all make sense and people overreact at first, but kind of come back down to earth and realize that. Absolutely. Um, Matt, why don't you hit me? All right. Buy or sell Joe. Sunday Night Football's new theme song is also its old one. They're going back to waiting all day for Sunday night. I think it's going to feature uh, Joan Jett, who's going to be in it, who the ori- it's what, that's what the original song was based off, one of her songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy or sell the the switch back. I mean, this se- does seem to be the the day and age of nostalgia. Uh, so, so buy or sell the the switch back to the original Faith Hill, Joan Jett uh, Sunday Night Football theme song. Waiting all day. So it Sunday is. Night. It is going. We're going back to Faith though. So there's no. No, 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 no. Carry it's, it's Carrie. It's Carrie. Okay, Carrie. Faith okay. Hill version that we all remember. It's, I'm buying. It's going to be Carrie, buying, Carrie Underwood, and Joan Jett. I'm buying. Keep yeah. Carrie in the fold. You could have Carrie sing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star," and I'd be fine. That's. That's just as long as Carrie's there. That's how I know it's Sunday night. That's Carrie how I know it's time to throw the. Don't worry. That's how I know it's time to throw some sweatpants on, not move for four and a half hours. We God. just can't. We can't throw off these neurological cues. Okay, these are things in our week that uh, that are important. We got We got to stay consistent with these things. So that's all that matters. Yeah, I couldn't buy it anymore. I love that song. It was so much better <laughs> than the new one. I don't even remember what the new one. Can is. we get a, Can we get a rendition? Uh. 
I'm not going to sing if that's what How many saying. years removed are we from waiting all day for Sunday night? Just one. Only like, one or, it's like one or yeah, two. Yeah, one or maybe like they, two. I, I think the one, that, I mean, the new one. Now it's just the Sunday night. Like, yeah, everyone's like, eh, now, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not good. Like, let's stop. Let's just, let's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They tried to fix it. They're now fixing their broke problem. So good for them. Um, Way is, to Monday admit still, is Monday night still, are you ready for some football? Uh, I feel like we don't get the song anymore. It's just like a bump in. Yeah, no, because Hank Williams Jr. had some uh, uh, some problematic comments, I think. So I think they don't you mean Hank? Will- isn't Hank Williams Jr. the little kid? I don't know. Hank. Or was yeah. he Hank Williams? I don't know. One, the one. Oh no, no, okay, yeah, he's Hank. Hank Williams Jr. was the actual entertainer. Little Hank Williams is the um, little well, yodel kid. Who's the yodel was, kid? That's uh, not from Walmart. Hank. That's little Mason Hank. Ramsey. Yeah, but okay, you're right. His name is Mason Ramsey. Didn't he go by Lil Hank, though? I have I think no was, idea. I just know yeah. his name is Mason Ramsey. And he's yeah. in an Old Town Road remix now. He is, and he he just bars up that entire remix. Like If you ain't got no giddy the, up, then giddy out my then way. Then giddy out my way, okay? That's, that, the, that's, that's the song if, line of our, you know, If you're generation. Young Thug, Lil Nas X, any of the other rappers, musical talent on that album, on that song, on that remix, you have to go back in the booth after that. You can't get bodied by Mason You just got Ramsey, bodied okay? by a 12-year-old. You did. You just got bodied by by Lil Hank, by Mason Ramsey, and uh, we're now talking about Old Town Road, so I, I think we're about six weeks late in terms of yeah. podcast uh, topics, Matt. Right, I, think, I, I think you got one more for me. I know you've got a little bit yep. of a hard out time here, so why don't you hit me with that, and then we can say goodbye to the people. Yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, buy or sell? Trying to find it here. Team USA, the wrong right? Tax, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, we've seen a, Look, man, a I'm large... such a good teammate that I remember my own buyer sell. There you go. You remember my heart out. You remember my buyer sells. Thank you. you. Know. Um, Matt, buyer sell, we've seen large-scale um, swaths of players leaving Team USA as we gear up here next month or next week, two weeks from now. Um, the FIBA World Cup in China is coming up, and... A handful of players obviously took their name out of consideration early. You're LeBron James, you're top tier, obviously Durant's hurt, but like you're Kyrie Irving's, all of those guys. Yeah. And then the tier below them that was expected to kind of carry this, no pun intended, American torch has now left too. Um, De'Aaron Fox, uh, you're, Mitchell, who else right? is left? Don, no, Donovan Mitchell, I believe, is still in the fold. Okay. Um Donovan Mitchell's like the one. Donovan Mitchell, Kemba Walker, are like the two noticeable players on that okay. team. So I think Jason Tatum as well. So there's still some talent on there. But PJ Tucker left. Uh, Marvin Bagley left. Mm-hmm. Um, De'Aaron Fox, as I said, left. I'm missing like four or five guys here, but some big names, uh, guys who are expected to play substantial amounts of time, uh, left Team USA. Buy or sell this move, Matt. Uh, with all things considered in terms of workload, NBA season, and everything that's demanded in an 82-game season. Yeah, I'm kind of fine with it, um, especially guys like De'Aaron Fox, like Marvin Bagley, guys on, on teams like the Kings that probably want to go back, work with their team, work with their teammates, and get ready to challenge for a playoff bid because I think that's kind of what's more important to them. I mean, yeah. I, I know you want to represent Team USA, you want to win a gold medal, all that stuff, but it's not the Olympics. It's it's a World yeah, Cup of basketball, and it, I mean, it's the President's Cup to the Ryder Cup. Yeah, you I mean, know, this you, is we see this. They have this every year in hockey too. I mean, Patrick Kane usually goes over and plays for Team USA, but like no one out, like no one really after their team's eliminated from the playoffs or if they didn't make the playoffs, really goes over and plays in these international tournaments because they have their own stuff to do. And it's not like this tournament's being played out in Vegas. It, this is a tournament in China where you're gone for two weeks. 
really yeah. have to adjust everything. You have to change up your training, you know, schedules, all that stuff like that. And if they don't want to do it, if they think training at home, being with their teammates, working out with their teammates, getting ready for next year is more important. I can't really fault them for that because that's who's paying the bills. And quite honestly, that's what's more important. Yeah, I'm with you here. Um, we broke it down just in terms of De'Aaron Fox, obviously, for the local crowd yeah. that looking at his August, September, um, the travel schedule is just unbelievable. So it would have been they're playing exhibitions in Australia next week. They just traveled a couple days ago or they're playing it later on this week. So um, it would have been L.A. to Australia, Australia to L.A., then L.A. to China, China back to L.A., then L.A. to Sacramento for training camp from Sacramento to India. They're playing exhibitions in India three weeks before the season with the Pacers. So he would have had flights to and from India, Australia, and China in a six-week span, which I don't care how young, how talented you are, how much you want to or don't want to be with your team, that amount of air travel in itself will take the legs out of a human being. And, yeah, and when this you're, is, this also when isn't you're like, supposed to be... Yeah, but, I was, no, I was just saying, when you're supposed to be the... You. When you're supposed to be the speedster, um, point guard, leading a franchise to, like you said, their first playoff berth in 13 seasons, there are bigger fish to fry. And it's not like, I know I brought up hockey here, like, but <laughs> when those guys go over and Patrick Kane now it's to Brinkville play over, which is rare, but like those guys are going right after their season ends. So they're still kind of, you know, hockey mode. They're, they're, they're not mm-hmm. really in a build up to a season. They're still, they're winding down right before their break, which is fine. De'Aaron Fox is kind of in his, like, this is his last push until the regular season, which is an 82-game grind over six months. So I think the last thing you want to do is basically simulate that with all this travel for basically two months consecutive and have even more travel, more wear and tear on you when really this should be the time to be getting your workouts in and just kind of, you know, getting your body fully ready. And all that travel, like you are saying, is not really helpful in doing that. Now, the somewhat veiled uh, storyline that comes out of this one, which will be very interesting uh, 65 games into the season. They're essentially leaving head coach, head Team USA coach Greg Popovich out to dry a little bit here and a number of Kings exiting last minute. Um, In my opinion, the eight seed is going to come down to San Antonio and Sacramento. And I think that you just gave Greg Popovich more of a reason to want to rip your face off. If you're De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley, uh, we will see how much of a grudge he holds, or if that is any extra guy fuel. Like Pop gets that though. But uh, oh, totally. But he also probably is the type of guy that understands motivation at this point in his career. And if his team True. needs a little extra something, uh, there's True. a there's a card he can pull, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, we're on, uh, on the same page with most of our buyers sellers here, except for golf. Yeah, golf. You're just an idiot. Okay. But, um, I'm not an idiot. That's that's to be expected every once in a while. So. Well, that's just that's just rude, um, Matt. We're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to the people here and, and get them ready for a big stretch of not only viewing Football. but listening. Uh, big podcast coming. Keep an eye out next week for the college football preview that will include one Phil Goff to give us a look inside at Notre Dame as we gear up for the season. Uh, Notre Dame again poised for another uh, another solid run against a somewhat solid schedule so we're going to get all of that broken down by phil goff as well into as uh, digging into the rest of the country so going to be a big one coming up next week for our college football special followed by our nfl preview special we'll make some bets we'll make some predictions we'll uh we'll give you some some picks Probably to fade, all that again. good stuff that yeah. comes with football season yeah 
Yeah, beta, beta. So the first four weeks, that's usually when I get hot. Then yeah. ride. We usually maybe, start out maybe like five through ten, and then get off of me again as the and playoffs then we get come. Yeah, that's that's yeah. We, that middle of the season is where we live. That's where we live. Yeah. Uh, so let's make some money and some memories. But for now, Matt Rooney and Joe Muzo saying we'll see you next week, guys. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>